Today is the official launch day of my clothing brand, Padilla Apparel, with the limited Reaper collection. And much like all of life, it's all about the details. Every single element has been meticulously handcrafted and customized down to this dope fucking distressing. The puff print of the Reaper all the way down to the flat print of the Padilla Apparel logo, which is printed over the pocket, which is actually very difficult to do. Trust me, I found out the hard way, but we made it work. When I asked them to print over the seam, they're like, are you sure you want to print over the seam? That is uh, almost impossible. I said, send it back. And they fucking made it work. And it looks incredible. Even the way that the acid wash went over the print makes the print look so fucking cool. And did I mention I also designed this fucking sick jacket and that it's limited edition of the entire reaper collection is limited edition and once it sells out it will never ever ever be sold again and if you live in the southern hemisphere and you're like fuck this shit i am burning in the summer right now we got you covered go to padilla.store because we are going to sell out quick i'm anthony padilla and i'm curious what would you do if the fate of someone's life laid entirely in your hands if you were the deciding factor if someone jumped off a bridge or if a child's life was taken. I spent a day with hostage negotiators who deal with this unspeakable pressure on a daily basis. We'll uncover the truth about the psychology of persuasion and the power of making a deep connection, even with someone who's committed the most heinous of crimes. Hello, Anthony, Scott. how are you? Yo. Hi. And this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. Now, can you define what a hostage negotiation is? This is when someone has taken people against their will. They're threatening them with bodily harm or death. And there's a group of people to come in and have conversations with them to help keep the people who are being held hostage safe and uh, secure their release. We get called out when all else has failed. By the time we get there, the roads are shut off. The news crews are out there. There's helicopters. Our SWAT team's usually set up. It's like in one of those television programs where as soon as we get out of our cars, you know, we put on those fancy negotiator jackets say, yeah. say negotiator in the back do you remember your first negotiation after a late night in chicago a couple had made it back home police were called there initially and when they got there they heard sounds of what they thought was duct tape being unrolled and they heard a bullet being racked into a gun and they heard a woman in there who sounded like she needed help I was one of the negotiators that came to the scene and my team leader said, all right, Scott, this one's yours. I usually start my conversations with a bit of a scripted couple sentences to say, hi, my name is Scott. You know, I'd like for you to come out and talk with me so we can get this resolved. In this particular situation, I came into that conversation and I wanted to be a great listener. So I started asking questions and letting them know that you're safe right now. And as long as you keep talking with me, I can pretty much assure your safety. Now let's keep having this conversation. You say, let me know what happened here. Let me hear your side of the story. In even the most tense situations, people loved to be listened to. In that situation, it actually turned out to be a very quick resolution that we didn't have to go very, very deep. I remember one of the uh, big commanders coming back in, giving me the thumbs up. That means I knew that he had come out, he was in custody, it was resolved. Took a big breath and said, whoa, that was cool. I wasn't a negotiator at the time. I was working a plainclothes unit and it was back in, I believe, around 2000. And me and my partner were just driving around and this call came out where there was a subject on the fifth floor of a parking garage and he was gonna jump. And I went up there and uh, he was 
on the outside of the guardrail ready to jump and you know of course don't come any closer to me and we just started talking we kind of didn't go out there with him but i stayed on the edge and we just talked for probably more than an hour about my experiences. His was that he had just broken up with his girlfriend. He was a younger gentleman. He was frustrated and thought that life can't go on. And I spoke to him about my relationships, how I've been through some tough ones and bounced back and what I was doing for my career. And we just made this contact. And before you know it, he was ready to come down. I think when you're in those situations, you think your life is over until you hear maybe from somebody else that they've been through that. And instead of getting an officer out there barking orders to come down, you haven't done anything wrong, just having an open ear and listening makes a huge difference. What's been the most intense or stressful negotiation that you've had? Everyone. Every single I mean, one honestly, is intense and stressful. It, it doesn't matter if somebody's up on a bridge of an overpass or they're barricaded in the house with hostages. To me, it's still a life, right? That person has a mother, a father, a brother, or sister. So they're, they're all difficult. Well, we had a situation where a man had been stalking a woman, he showed up to where she was, and he had a gun, and he starts shooting. And as the police got there, one of the first police officers got shot. And now he takes her hostage down in the basement. So we know we are dealing with somebody who is probably the most dangerous person that I've ever dealt with in my career. We had talked with him for a couple hours and we had trouble forming that connection with him, but he wanted to talk with a friend of his that was in law enforcement. Mm. So we reached out to this person and found out who he was and said, hey, would you be willing to have a conversation with this guy? And we put him on the phone and once they started talking, they had that connection mm -hmm. that's needed to get to influence. And he started talking to him to come up the stairs and eventually come out into the garage. And the hostage was released unharmed and she's still alive today in a situation that statistically, she was very, very likely to be killed. What do you think has been your most memorable negotiation? A husband and wife were going through a divorce. So he went over to see her over her parents' house and their three-year-old daughter was there and he wanted to spend some time. There was allegedly some domestic violence in the past and she didn't want him to come in. And he pulled out a handgun from his waistband, pointed at her. She ran to a neighbor's house and he barricaded inside the residence with his three-year-old daughter, threatening to take her life and take his life. When these calls come out, we get a text message that says, respond with the SWAT team to this location. This one, I'll never forget it. It was one of those ones where I had kids and my heart kind of dropped like, oh, this is not going to be good. That was a seven-hour hostage barricade. It was like a movie. I mean, you pull up and all the streets are blocked off and there's news crews there, there's helicopters going on. The park down the street was locked down, kind of got our thoughts together and realized what we we're going to do. And then I made the initial call into the subject. Can you describe like how that conversation goes? I'm Joe Campania with the department and I'm here. I'm the one that's going to be talking to you this point forward. He was demanding something and I just told him that that can't happen until his three-year-old daughter was released and he wasn't having that. You know, that's when you know he's not going to come out. She's not going to be released. So now we have to start with that initial active listening part where right. we just have to sit there, be quiet and let him talk. And he started thinking about going to prison. Is it better for him just to kill himself? So it can almost be dangerous to make them think about the repercussions of the moment. Right, or what they just did. So you want to bring them to a better spot. So with him, we started talking about kids, make sure he remembers the good times with his daughter. So he doesn't want to 
take her life. And when they start talking about stuff like that, then you realize that they're interested in that. We call that a hook because that's what we're looking for is we're looking for hooks where somebody feels comfortable talking. There's so many things you could talk about with somebody to get their mind off of the situation they're in mm -hmm. and bring them to kind of a happy place. You make such deep connections with so many people. Have you kept up with them or stayed in contact with any of them? One of the gentlemen was up on a bridge, great kid, was just overwhelmed with school. And the next thing he knows, he was up on a freeway overpass and was ready to jump. And he was up there for probably two hours. Nobody offered him water. He was crying so much, he had like snot hanging down like three feet. So when I got there, I had said, hey, I'm gonna take over in a minute, but can I get a bottle of water and some Kleenex for him? And I spoke with him about a month later. I called him, we went to lunch, and then we just built a friendship from there. He's very instrumental in going with me on sometimes to go speak in front of law enforcement to show the other end of it. We're having a conversation with a man in his basement. In this particular case, the SWAT team was down there and we were doing a face-to-face -face negotiation. The stakes were high because he's holding a gun to his head and he was really going through some difficult times in his life. And I spent a lot of time trying to convince him that he should go to the hospital and get some help. After a lengthy negotiation with him and, and not just me, but a, a number of negotiators from our team, um, he ended up shooting himself. And it was a really um, sad thing to reflect on knowing that I was having a conversation with him and to look back to say, was there anything that I could have done to prevent this from happening? I remember my strategy was to help him avoid the fear of going to jail. Let's give him an out and we'll take him to the hospital, but he didn't want to go there. He had just gotten released from the hospital. So here I am trying to sell him on something that he absolutely didn't want. When people come in trying to sell you something, we put up these defenses to say, I'm gonna protect myself because I can see that you're trying to sell me something. The more you come in trying to sell this, the more my defenses are up. Had I been a better listener and asked more questions, maybe, maybe it could have gone in another direction. Until you have a memory like that, that you can reflect upon and say, I might have been able to change this. That's when you really look back and say, we have to begin by knowing what the problem is before we try to solve it. What was your training process like? There's eight skills of active listening, which is what the FBI teaches as a foundational piece of negotiation. Anybody can learn these skills, mm -hmm. but there's a difference between knowing something and having the skills to actually do it. And sometimes it takes practice. Are there any specific character traits that you think are necessary for a good negotiator? You need to be patient. Someone who is good at people, well, someone who's a good listener, someone who has life experience. So I think that the great hostage and crisis negotiators have suffered some losses them themselves to say, I can connect with that pain. I've lost a child too. I've been divorced. I've wondered where I'm going to get my next meal. So have some life experiences that you can draw on to say, I know what it feels like to be in that situation. And you know I can't go without thanking Dipsy for sponsoring this episode. Dipsy is an app full of short audio stories designed by women for women. Right, women? Yeah! So what they do is bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters. And new content is released every single week, so in between listening to your favorite stories, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories so you're set no matter how you want to consume these delectable morsels. And for I spent today with viewers and listeners of the completely uncensored podcast version of the show, 
Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Padilla. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash P-A-D-I-L-L-A. Now, back to the world of hostage negotiators. Can you describe what your communication style is like? I think it begins with mindset. When you're sitting down with somebody else, number one, it's not about you. Let's be curious and say, hey, tell me about yourself. Let's ask good questions and have the goal of creating a dialogue with somebody else. So you won't show up to the negotiation saying, so like, you will never believe what kind of car I'm driving today? Dude, it is so sick. That doesn't happen. And sometimes it is, but we just don't mention it. <laughs> okay. I want to be curious. Tell me all about you. The more different you are for me, the more excited I am to be curious about you. Except for food. I like Taco Bell. And I'm very, very sad. <laughs> Let's keep in it my Taco ways. Bell three times a day. We're done. Best friends. Anyone else that you talk about three times a day? Got besties right here. <laughs> are you speaking just like this in these situations? Very slow, methodical when you're speaking so they understand. And you have to be calm. Because if you're upset or get riled up over things they say, then it's just going to spin the whole thing out of control. Treat every negotiation like a first date. You want to think about everything under the sun to talk about this person like you want to go on another date with them. Right. You want to know everything you can about them. And that shows them that you're interested in them. Within the first five minutes, if I said, hey, come out, if you're barricading a room, you'd I'm not coming out. But if you spend an hour or two hours getting to know them, then you could start suggesting things. And it makes a huge difference. What are some of the most important things that you pick up on when you're in person and you're having to read body language and communicate through other means than words? So for the delivery, I'm looking at the rate, the rhythm, pressure, the volume. First of all, we want to get a baseline. I want to know how you are when you're comfortable. I want to know how you are when you're telling the truth. And I'm looking for changes from the baseline in your body language, in your actions, because I don't think there's one thing that you can do or say that, okay, this is definitely an indication of someone who's being untruthful. So body language experts that say, this means this person is lying. This means this person has this intention. Everybody's an expert on social media. <laughs> His eyes went up and to the left. Therefore, he just lied. Mm-hmm. Nonsense. Do you find yourself having to be extremely intuitive, kind of like picking up on all the small nuances and everything that they say? Yes, you really have to pay attention. I We go through a lot of sticky notes. Usually as a negotiator, you have a first and a second because the last thing you want to do is they say, my name's Joe and uh, my kids are Frank and Ann. Mm -hmm. In two hours, you start talking, you go, oh, what were your kids' names again? <laughs> right, it sends yeah, a bad message. I feel like there's this common idea that in order to make a connection with someone, we never make it about ourselves. But there is a power to I statements, you say. So one of the skills of active listening is what we call I messages. Very different from the iPhone I messages. Uh, not the blue bubbles. Not the blue bubbles. I feel blank when you blank because blank. So we're going to fill in three blanks. I feel frustrated when you keep yelling at me because we're not making progress. What I'm doing is I'm testing right now our connection to say, I'm sharing with you something about me. I get concerned when you keep shooting that gun because it's unsafe. I'm saying politely, knock it off, but I'm doing it in a way that I'm not accusing you. It sounds like it's your goal to appeal to the underlying emotions that are there, which are so much stronger than, oh, but have you heard about the facts and the logic? And don't tell me you understand because you might've been through a breakup and I might've been through a breakup at the same time, but my breakup is totally different than yours. So by telling somebody, I understand what you're going through, I've been there, that doesn't help the situation. Uh... It's almost worse. But I know when I went through a breakup, it was horrible. I lost weight, I didn't wanna eat. 
I felt like there was no tomorrow. Even there are two different circumstances. We kind of try to meet in the middle and let them feel that they're not the only ones that have been through this low, low place. There's this common belief that in order to make a connection with someone, you should treat people like you would want to be treated. But you said it's actually more about treating people how they want to be treated. 100%. It's not about me. Let me understand you. What does Anthony need right now? What does he want to drink right now? I know what I want to drink. That might not be what you want to drink. I think it's really cool that you like exotic food. I like very plain food. Taco Bell is plain. not plain. Okay, Taco it's Bell very advanced. Thank you. Scientifically proven to satisfy your taste buds. Some people might ask, how can you do that? How can you have a connection with someone like that? I have dealt with people doing a variety of bad things. But if you can treat them like a person with respect and at least acknowledge who they are, I've had people say, thank you for treating me decently. That doesn't mean that I don't have sensitivity for the victim. And I think that victims of crime want us to be tough on the offenders, but that's not our role. That's for the judge, that's for the jury, that's for corrections to handle what happens next. Do you find that generally people, in a sense, just want to not feel alone with their emotions? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely hard for someone to reach out for help, right? I mean, suicide's at an all-time high right now, and it's because people just don't feel comfortable asking for help. I mean, it's like that elephant in the room where nobody wants to talk about it, and then we have these situations where these people are, you know, going to the worst-case scenario and, and want to commit suicide because they feel there's nobody there to listen to them. There's so much to be said about making a connection with someone that you don't agree with and still being able to have a conversation, make a connection, and then understand why. If me and you don't agree on anything, but we're still best friends, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, It's very easy for me to go meet somebody that everything is aligned, right? We walk the same way, we like the same clothes, mm -hmm. like the same cars, that's easy. It's having those friends or make those relationships with people that you probably have nothing in common with. And that's as a negotiator what's so powerful that I think is that we're able to go in there and change the course of something that's going so wrong that we're able to change that by just using our words. How about we are able to connect with people and suspend judgment for a little bit mm -hmm. to say, I think this or I think that. Set that aside and right. just tell me more about you. That's fascinating. And it's going to be so rewarding to say, we actually agree on a lot of things here. We can just say, I appreciate you for who you are. Tell me more. I want to hear more about you, your life, your experiences. And now we're coming, we're filled with empathy and the understanding of people are different from me and that's okay. I'm not afraid. I'm confident in who I am. Tell me more about you. People typically see law enforcement as people that see things as black and white, good or bad. So what kind of things would you be teaching law enforcement about new ways to perceive, new mindsets to have? We're so used to going to stuff and resolving things right away. And we don't take that extra time to realize the whole backstory and everything. We're just programmed that way as law yeah. enforcement, unfortunately. But we never do anything, just to, just basic communication skills, and it's too bad. There needs to be more of that, and I think there'd be a lot less issues right now that's going on in the world by just taking a couple extra minutes and talking your way through it. Has this changed the way that you communicate with people in your normal life? Are your kids ever like, Dad, you are using a negotiation tactic on me. You better stop right now. Yeah, they're like, Dad, Dad no active listening right now. Just, <laughs> I what, know what, what do I need to do? You're active listening to right, me. Right, what do I need to do? Just tell me, I have to take the garbage out. You don't have to go back and forth with me. Just tell me I need to take the garbage out. I am teaching my kids to be great negotiators. They learn rule number one, if you don't ask for it, you'll never get it. So they're becoming confident in asking for what they want. 
they could just simply ask and get more and get a discount, get a, get more out of life. Do you think that we could do a little example demonstration where you talk me, like you try to get me to come outside or something like that? Why don't we just like talk? Okay. How about that? So, just like, I don't know you, you don't know me and I'm just picking up the phone yeah. and calling you. Hey, this is uh, Joe Campania with uh, an agency nearby. How are you doing today? Not too well, obviously, look where I am. And I'm sorry, what was your name? I am Anthony. Anthony, nice to meet you, Anthony. Yeah, so what are you gonna do? Are you gonna make all my demands happen, the, the chopper? Well, let's, what, what happened today that got you in this situation? There was a lot of traffic today and I, I missed a very important appointment, lost my job. There's a lot of traffic. There was a lot of traffic. Uh, what, what job was that? It was uh, being a model for uh, uh, this company called Super Hot Guys. We only hire hot guys. Amazing. And how long have you worked there for? A couple years. Yeah, I lied about my height. I'm, uh, I'm not actually six foot, but I had to lie about my height to get in. That's funny, Anthony. I do the same thing sometimes, really? yeah. You put on heels too? Uh, Just for a little extra height? I try to stand on my tippy toes oh. once in a while in a picture so I don't look like the shortest guy mm, there. Because it's all about if, comparison. Yeah, how tall are you? No, 5'11 and three quarters. Well, you're a lot taller than I am, so you should feel blessed about that, Anthony, because I'm much shorter than you. So that tell is. me a little more about the agency that you work for. That sounds interesting. Yeah, wait, what? It's, we are in a hostage situation right here, and I'm demanding a chopper to grease and you know all these other things and i was really hoping that you could get me those things because i'm in this situation and so a chopper to grease that's mm -hmm. that's pretty extravagant gonna what's, have to refuel a few, few times i would think so what's in greece that's kind of drawn you there mythology ancient greece a lot of stuff stolen from rome okay so anthony are you uh married boyfriend girlfriend anything like that i i do i do have a girlfriend okay great and how long have you guys been together for? been together for coming up on three years now amazing actually Anniversary yeah. coming up soon. Anniversary or? coming up soon. Great. What are the big plans? Going on a future. Yeah, damn, you are very good. I I cannot keep getting the conversation back to the situation that I'm <laughs> trying to keep The chopper to Greece, right. We want to keep you awake. I think your audience would love it if I were the person that was having a bad day and you were the negotiator. Do you think I have enough skills for that? I think you would be the best negotiator on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, lay out the scene here. There's gonna be no hostages involved. This is okay. me having a bad day. Okay, okay. I was just at the local Taco Bell with my girlfriend and um, we were both going to work because we worked You're there. You're always at Taco Bell, Always sir. there, yeah. <laughs> we're going to work at Taco Bell and my girlfriend says to me, hey, by the way, I've been cheating on you with this guy that we work with. Okay. So I storm out of there, I get in my car, I drive away, and I've got a knife with me and I'm really angry. And you're gonna be an officer who comes across me and I'm gonna be holding it to my throat. And I see you come up to me and I'm saying, get out of here, get back, this doesn't concern you, leave now, go away. Hey Scott, I understand you are having- You don't understand anything. You get the heck out of here right now, I don't need you. Can you tell me about your day and what I'm not you telling you anything, I don't even know who you are. This doesn't concern you, go away. Scott, you sound really upset right now. You don't even know how upset I am. You don't even know what's going on. You don't know the bad day that I'm having right now. You just came from Taco Bell, are you sure your day is really that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I want to help you. I don't care my, what you want. My goal here is to make a connection with you and understand you. I really want to understand what got you to this situation. You have no idea where I just came from today. I also had a really tough day and I know that 
yours is probably much worse than mine. Can you tell me about why your day today was so tough? So what you're doing is, is you're stacking. Because you said something really good that was inviting dialogue, and then you stacked on top of it something else. One of the skills of active listening that is going to be awesome inserted into this role play mm -hmm. is, is the pause, that mm. effective pause or that silence. All right, yeah. Scott, it sounds like you are very angry today. You had a really tough day. Very angry. I'm having a bad day. What was the worst thing that happened today? The worst thing that happened is my girlfriend told me she's cheating on me Ooh. with my buddy that works at Taco Bell. Right. So now I have no girlfriend, I have no job, I have no place to live because we live together. And what am I gonna tell my friends and family? That I'm just some loser? Right. That she cheats on me? Yeah. I'm that, having a bad day. That feels horrible. It does feel horrible. I've also been through my fair share of very difficult relationship issues, cheating and heartbreak. And it feels in that moment like it will be the rest of my life and the rest of my life is ruined. Have you ever felt like that yourself? What we just saw was a great use of silence and pacing. You slowed it down a little bit. You hit that one point and you allow there to be a little bit of silence and you're really connecting with, I've had this experience too. Awesome job. Mm. Thank you. Yes. Wow, okay, I learned a thing or two. What would you say to anyone who's watching that wants to become a hostage negotiator or crisis negotiator themselves? First of all, thank you. The world needs people like this. And there is a terrific resource out there. It's called the Crisis Text Line, 741741. And anybody can send a text message to this number and be paired with a crisis counselor when they're struggling. Sign up to volunteer to be a crisis counselor at Crisis Text Line. But before they let you be a crisis counselor, you have to go through 30 hours of training mm -hmm. to be a crisis counselor. And this is just like being a crisis negotiator. This is available to anyone to volunteer. And you can get training right now and be a resource to somebody in their darkest moment at really troubled times. And you can be the one, a trained crisis counselor to help them through that. And man, that feels good. What is it about being a hostage and crisis negotiator that brings you the most joy? There's nothing more beneficial of being able to go back and talk to somebody that was at their lowest point, that wanted to kill themselves, and now they're just flourishing. My friend, he's finished college. He's just doing wonderful at work. He, he loves going out and talking and spreading his message. And if he would have taken his life, nobody would have benefited from that. And now I spend my time teaching and training the next generation of negotiators. And what's rewarding in that is for them to come back to me and say, hey, Scott, I was in your class. You, I had this situation where there was somebody on a bridge and they were thinking of jumping. And I remember what you were teaching. And I fell back on those principles and that approach and that structure. And that got me through this conversation. This person's alive today. So now I'm not doing the work. They're doing the work and I'm supporting the next generation of people doing that. That's cool. I spent a day with hostage negotiators. And one thing that really sits with me is how most of us feel the need to come into a situation where we want to change someone's perspective and we try to present facts and logic and just throw it in their face when in reality, maybe it's more about listening and showing a genuine desire to understand them. How much different would the world be if we all came into situations with a willingness to understand?
And I heard a negotiator in a hostage negotiation once say, well, let's do some breathing exercises. The hostage taker was so stressed and the negotiator acknowledged, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling some anxiety too. And who right now watching does not have anxiety? Who out there has such a great life? Raise your hand if you do not have anxiety because you have such a perfect life. Who has that? And if they do, I want to come and hang out with them. <laughs> because who has that? 